You're listening to a podcast from IP. Hello and welcome to the Injury Prevention Podcast from BMJ Journals. Injury Prevention is an international peer-reviewed journal. My name is Brian Johnston. I'm the editor-in-chief. In our podcast, we try to highlight work that we've recently published in the print edition. These editor's choice papers are freely available online. If you visit injuryprevention.bmj.com, you can download a copy for yourself. You can also leave comments online and link to our searchable archive and to our blog. Today, we're looking at the paper Acute Occupational Injury Among Adolescent Farm Workers from South Texas. This paper appears in our August 2013 issue. To talk about the paper, I'm joined by one of the authors, Dr. Eva Shipp. She's an assistant professor of epidemiology and biostatistics at the School of Rural Public Health, the Texas A&M Health Science Center in College Station, Texas. Hello, Eva. Hello. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Perhaps um, I could ask you to set the stage for us and um, describe maybe what we know about the risk of injury in agricultural work. Why might it be especially hazardous as an occupation? Sure. Let's see. Nationally, it is often ranked among the most hazardous industries in the United States based on the annual rates of fatal and non-fatal occupational injuries and illnesses as compared to other industries here in the U.S. And these surveillance data are published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics on an annual basis. In terms of why this work might be especially hazardous as an occupation and specifically for adolescents, in terms of physical hazards, it often involves working with extremely sharp implements, holding awkward postures for long periods of time, working around motorized equipment and vehicles, um, heat stress and sun exposure, and often the implements and tools are not designed for smaller bodies, um, for adolescents who may still be developing physically, and they also often work for short periods of time, but very, very intensely. The work also involves chemical hazards such as pesticides and other chemicals, and then oftentimes this work has different um, issues related to work organization, so there may not be sufficient rest breaks, um, safety training may not be sufficient, oftentimes there is discrimination, And for the migrant workers, there's the mobile lifestyle and um, temporary housing, which can pose problems. And um, all of these things may increase risk for injuries as well as other health problems. So the work that we're talking about here uh, focuses in particular, as you you alluded to, on adolescents who were injured Mm -hmm. in the context of agricultural labor. I assume Mm -hmm. there have been previous estimates of the incidence of injury in this population. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Um, Actually, in terms of migrant or hired farm laborers who are adolescents, there's actually not quite a lot of data out there that's been published. In terms of prior studies with adolescents who have been working in agriculture that have used um, more of a standardized definition, which the rates have been ranging from around 20.8 to 28.1 per 100 full-time equivalent workers. The biggest difference between this prior work and our study is that these prior studies often involve somewhat different data collection methods and different study populations. So ours was definitely focused more on um, Hispanic migrant hired workers. Um, Perhaps the most comparable study that has been published came from Washington State by Bonato and colleagues, and it was published back in 2003. 
um, they used a telephone survey, but it was conducted with a, in a large agricultural area with a large representation of Hispanic and teenage workers. And so that differed from our study in that, um, again, we had that larger proportion of migrant workers, and we used in-person rather than telephone-based data collection approaches. There are also some data at the national lev level that's collected through the National Agricultural Worker Survey, which is often referred to as NAS, which is administered on an annual basis by the Department of Labor. Based on these NAS data, the annual rate of injury among hired farm workers less than 20 years of age is, was estimated to be lower at around 5.2 per 100 FTE. But there's a key difference between the NAS data and some of these other studies like ours. Um, and that is that the NAS data is collected at the work site. So that's where the farm workers are near their employer, and so they may be more reluctant to report an injury or any other type of problem related to work, um, of course, due to fear of things like job loss or other negative consequences. So uh, your focus then, is, as you um, suggest, was on primarily migrant, adolescent, mm -hmm. uh, Hispanic farm workers. Um, can you tell us? how you identified and recruited the sample population to, to get at this group? For this particular study, we actually went in and recruited all high school students who were enrolled in a high school in Star County, Texas from 2003 to 2004. And um, these students actually reported, self-reported their farm work status. We chose um, Star County because um, the number of students enrolled in the migrant education program there at the time was quite high. And for those of you who don't know, the Migrant Education Program is a national program that helps ensure migrant students reach their academic goals and graduation, despite having a mobile lifestyle. And an example of what one of the things that the Migrant Education Program does is that they transfer their academic records across these states as they migrate, so that they're not losing course credits um, and their progress is not lost. Do you have any idea what proportion of these adolescent agricultural workers would be attending or enrolled in a school? That's a really tough question, kind of hard to get at that. I don't know the exact number or proportion of the adolescent agricultural workers that are attending or not attending school, but we, we do know and acknowledge that we're probably missing many of these workers who have dropped out of school just based on the overall dropout rate for high school students in general. And um, like I said, we definitely acknowledge this limitation, but the approach that we used did allow for accessing such a hard-to-reach and vulnerable population. So uh, one of the strengths, I think, in, in your study, um, unlike uh, others that have looked at similar problems, is that you really tried to quantify exposure, so to try mm -hmm. to uh, differentiate between the teen who occasionally helps out um, in an agricultural setting versus those that work long hours. Um, and in order to do that, you were able to get a sense of person time at risk. Um, can you tell us how you measured that? Sure. So um, the PI for this study was Dr. Sharon Cooper. And over, gosh, the last 10 or 15 years, um, she's really led by her efforts, we have developed a, a way of assessing person time at risk through collecting self-reported work history. And so we have a method for collecting this data, and essentially it involves um, asking about the start and stop dates, usual hours of work per day, as well as the usual hours of work per week. And then we standardize this information um, so that we can 
standardize it to 100 full-time equivalent workers based on a 2,000 annual number of work hours. And so then we also collect um, the approximate date of injury or whatever health outcome we're looking at, and that's how we get at the person time at risk. The other thing I found interesting in your in your study was that you used um, two different outcome measures. That is, you had a more and a less restrictive definition of injury. Let's mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about those. Explain why you chose two and what they were. Sure. So. First, I'll just tell you what they are, and then I'll, I'll tell you why, why we chose them. Um, the less restrictive definition essentially was just what was your most severe acute injury event that occurred while work, doing farm work during the prior nine-month recall period. And we selected a nine-month recall period so that in our population, most of the migrant farm workers are working over traveling to the farm job and working over the summer months so that they can spend most of the school year back in Star County. And these workers travel and migrate all over, um, even though Star County is their home base, they travel and migrate all over the United States um, to locations as far as Maine as well as Washington State and Oregon. And so back to the definition, um, Again, we were looking at the most severe acute injury event that occurred while they were working on their farm job during the nine-month recall period. For injuries that it might be hard to differentiate truly something insignificant like a small scratch, we were saying that the injury um, had to, like a cut or a scratch or a bruise like that, would have to require a bandage in order to count in that definition. Then the more restrictive one um, it was also the most severe event, but in line with standardized definitions of occupational injury, that injury event had to result in four or more hours of lost time from work, school, or other activities, or it had to be medically treated. And <clears throat> again, we used that definition to be able to uh, compare with the available studies. Um, early on in the study, we hypothesized that the more restrictive or standard definition would result in an underestimate of injury rates. And we hypothesized this based on some anecdotal evidence that farm workers, for a variety of reasons, may not report an injury, even if it's of notable severity. The reason for the underreporting may be, again, fear of job loss um, for reporting a problem at work, or medical treatment simply may not be available due to the clinic is too far away because they're often working in very rural areas, or they may lack other resources such as transportation or simply funding. Um, Not many of these workers have employer-provided insurance for health care. So this more restrictive definition is is actually the more standard or the more commonly used, but you had reasons to believe that it might underestimate true injuries. Correct, correct. So tell us then what, briefly, what did you learn? What, what were the estimated injury rates? Um, how do those compare with previous estimates, and what were some of the variables associated with injury risk? So for our more restrictive definition, which is the more standard definition, we found a rate of 27 per 100 FTE, which is in line or within the range of some of the prior studies that have done with adolescents working in agriculture. Then for our less restrictive definition, the rate was much higher um, at 73.6 per 100 FTE. The most common types of injury were the major cuts and scrapes, followed by bruises and crushes and sprains and strains. 
in terms of the variables that we found that were associated with injury, we found that adolescents working with corn detasseling and around ditches had an elevated rate, but we also found that non-work exposures may be important potential contributors, including things like sleep quantity, mental health symptoms, and indicators of SES status. The other important thing that we learned through this analysis was that we felt that the youth were capable of reporting their injury experience and their own work patterns. Um, the reason why we believe this is because in an earlier study that we did looking at injury in migrant farm worker families, the mother reported the work patterns and injury patterns for her whole family. And the work patterns that were reported in that earlier study are very, very similar to the work patterns that the adolescents were reporting in this study. Was there anything that particularly surprised you in your findings, anything that you didn't expect or you can't really explain? I guess one of the most surprising things was the discrepancy between the standardized rate and the less restrictive rate, which I think really highlights the need for us to acknowledge that the standard definitions of occupational injury may not be appropriate or sufficient for farm workers and other vulnerable occupational populations because the injuries that were that we captured using that less restrictive definition some of them were quite severe based on the descriptions provided but they didn't meet those criteria for the standard definition of losing work time of four more hours or or time from work or usual activities or school of four more hours or having been treated medically so again i just think it's very important that we acknowledge that maybe our definitions are not sufficient um, in terms of the variables associated with injury, where we weren't entirely sure how to explain the association between with working around dish, ditches and injury, other than perhaps it's a surrogate for an unmeasured hazard or combination of hazards. Um, we also really didn't expect the nonlinear association with increasing age based on other studies that have been published. Um, in our study, the rate was lowest among 15 and 17-year-olds and highest among those less than 15 years of age and those over those 16 years old either. Um, we also expected to find an elevated risk among males compared to females, and we didn't, which is um, unlike some of the other published work. Mm -hmm. Well, based on what you've learned, what do you or your colleagues think we ought to be doing with these results? We think that taken along with some of the other available data, they can be used to guide the design of policy pertaining to occupational injury surveillance among vulnerable populations. We also feel that it helps to provide evidence for developing labor standards that protect youth working in agriculture to the same degree as hired youth working in other industries. Um, currently, there is a, a discrepancy and Various pieces of legislation have been put forward to try and equalize that, but they have not been successful. Um, of course, we also believe that the results could be used to conduct further research on proximal as well as distal factors that also could play a role in injury risk among these workers. Uh, you mentioned the discrepancy in labor standards between youth working agriculture and other sectors. There's also been work done uh, looking at the safety of young workers on family farms, so non-migrant uh, mm -hmm. youth employed in agriculture. Is there anything that we've learned there that might be applicable to these migrant farm workers? I think in terms of looking at specific physical exposures, such as safe handling of farm animals or farm equipment, um, 
actions that can be taken to safeguard against sun exposure and heat stress. Um, and examples can be found in the North American Guidelines for Children's Agricultural Tasks, which is often referred to as NAGCAT. But I think that the environmental context and stressors that these youth are working in, as well as their SES levels, might differ substantially from families working on their own farms. And so these are also likely to influence injury risk. Where do you think the results of research like this belong, other, of course, than in the pages of our journal? That is, sure. which, which policy sectors are best positioned to take action that are really going to address the hazards that you've identified? Well, I think there's a couple key ones, and those being NIOSH, or the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, OSHA, or the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency, because they do put forth worker protection standards that are definitely applicable to folks working in agriculture and hired workers, such as the worker protection standard. Um, I think there also should be considered by legislators, as well as the farm workers themselves and growers and employers. So you, like a good researcher, uh, decided that... <laughs> that your results warrant additional research, uh, which is always one conclusion that, that people manage to draw. Um, but specifically, where, where do you see the most promising avenues for investigation? I think that um, targeted educational in interventions for the farm workers, which we sort of intuitively think about because they, they are the subject of the research. I also think, as I mentioned before, conducting further research on distal factors that play a role, such as the work organization, sleep, mental health, and exposure to neurotoxicants, as well as the development of those other interventions. And I think also there needs to be more of an emphasis on musculoskeletal injury in this population, particularly in terms of back pain. So that's a, a, a robust research agenda right there. What, what injury <laughs> issues are you or your colleagues at the School of Rural Public Health working on now? Currently, I have a project that is funded by NIOSH through the Southwest Center for Agricultural Health Injury Prevention and Education at the University of Texas Health Science Center at Tyler. And in this project, we are looking at the potential contribution of pesticide exposure to um, neuromotor function and how that might influence injury risk in a population of adolescent Hispanic farm workers. Um, we're also using data from a prior study. The PI is Dr. Sharon Cooper called the Migrant Adolescent Health Research Study, where we're looking at methodological issues related to the study of back pain and injury in farm worker use, specifically how that's measured. And then finally, I'm a part of a large infrastructure building project called the Community-Based Research Network, or CBURN, that we call it for short. It includes investigators from both the community and academia, and it was funded by NIEHS, or the National Institute for Environmental Health Sciences. And it has PIs from both academia and the community, which I think is especially important because the goal is to build infrastructure to support research with farm worker population by merging um, electronic health record data from six community and migrant health centers across the United States. And what this will allow us to do is to conduct more research on injury as well as other health outcomes with farm workers. Um, and this type of research is often hindered because the population can be hard to access, but this infrastructure will help to overcome this barrier. Well, that's terrific. Thank you, Eva. As, uh, as you get some results from that work, I hope we'll see them published in Injury Prevention. Yes, definitely. That was, 
That was Eva Shipp discussing her paper in the August 2013 edition of Injury Prevention. It's called Acute Occupational Injury Among Adolescent Farm Workers from South Texas. The paper is our editor's choice this month. As always, it's available without access restriction at the journal's website. And that wraps up this edition of our podcast. You can join us in October for highlights of the next issue. In the meantime, have a look at our blog for news, opinion, comment, and discussion. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, go to podcasts.bmj.com.